All right, game is over. And it's time to move on. <laughs> um, this is the After the Whistle Blows episode of Rivalries. I did a few weeks ago, I think it was like the 16th or something of November. I did a kickoff episode on Rivalries, and that was before the Michigan-Michigan State football game, talking about Big Brother, Little Brother, and that kind of stuff. Um, and I had the idea to come back after Rivalry Week is done um, and do a follow-up after, you know, the crazy rivalry games are done, um, share some thoughts of mine on the rivalries and, you know, what I've observed during the week, as well as, um, you know, get other people's opinions to add in and, you know, just kind of see what happens, um, as headlines. And I gotta say, it's been a little bit of a crazy week. Um, I, or I guess not even week, it's just been a couple days, you know, but, um, I swear I'm trying to find it really quick because I meant to keep it open and I very clearly did not. Um, excuse me. We had today headlines like Players ejected, coaches getting testy, um, coaches ranting um, about the college football playoffs and the setup and unfair penalties, magic moments, you know, good things and not so good things. Um, There was another one. Yeah, tempers flare. This is the one I was looking for. Tennessee's player, a Tennessee player stomped on the head of a Vanderbilt player at the end of the game or during the game after he tackled him off the sideline. Like, I don't know if Tennessee and Vanderbilt are huge major rivals. Like some of the games that are going on today are crazy. Like I can understand like some of those titles and the headlines that I read earlier. Oh, excuse me guys. Oh my gosh. This is what I get for recording at night um, when I'm trying to adjust my sleep schedule. Anyways, um, some of the headlines, yeah, they're whiny, they're pouty, whatever. But I kind of get them because they're from some of the major rivalry games. And, like, (laughs) you know, like the the one that um, a coach got testy, that was coach for Michigan. That was Coach Harbaugh. And he got testy because they were questioning the – quality of players and they were like you know basically because Michigan lost to Ohio State they were just it my understanding is he got testy because he felt that they were um limiting the or not acknowledging the skill set of the players and stuff so I, I kind of understand it but at the same time this is post game capital G the game is the Michigan Ohio State rivalry it's called the game and this is post the game. It's post a major loss for Michigan. Can kind of understand getting testy, especially when you're calling out the players, and it's almost like on a mocking level because there's a lot of people out there mocking Michigan right now. To be fair, I'm kind of one of those. But it was, <laughs> it was this comparison thing, and it, it was a meme put together, and it said, "Now let's see who's really under there." It's a Scooby-Doo meme, and it was Fred unmasking a guy like dressed in a ghost or something. And so the guy in the ghost has a big block M across his head. So let's see who's under there. And he un- 
unmasks him instead of the guy's face over top of the guy's face is a lion's logo. <laughs> it's like, aha, I knew it, like type thing. And well, mm, <laughs> you know anything about professional football, NFL football? Um, yeah, NFL football is really redundant. Anyways, the NFL, the Lions are well known for not performing very well most of the time and consistently not making the playoffs and kind of felt that that was how Michigan played today. So yeah, I might've shared that meme and yeah, it kind of was mocking Michigan a little bit, but at the same time, we haven't won against Ohio State since 2011. (laughs) It's been a little while. I got married in 2011. That's like a long time ago now. Um, but as I think about these headlines and I think about my thoughts on rivalries, it's just kind of crazy. Like, okay, as I talked about in the kickoff, what rivalries mean, there's that sense of camaraderie. There's, you know, you, you build up that sense of, I belong, you're my brother in arms, sort of, for lack of a better phrase, you know, we're going to battle against our rivals you know, right, and there's there's all those positive feelings that come from, you know, getting pumped up with your team and feeling like everyone's together, we are the team, the team, the team, it's a Michigan thing, <laughs> although I'm sure it's not just Michigan, I'm sure other teams do it as well, but, you know, <clears throat> it's not, it, 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 it's this build-up, you know, and it's that emotional high as you go through and you feel like, oh man, I'm so excited for this. And then as you, as you go through it, you're so invested into the game because this is the biggest game because these are your rivals. One second. Sorry, I needed a drink. Um, you know, and there's all those positive feelings, those, you know, those endorphins pumping. You're excited. You're part of this. And yeah, 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 we're getting it. But what happens when you lose? <laughs> what happens when calls don't go your way? All of a sudden, a normal game where some calls might be unfair, sometimes refs make mistakes, they're only human. And we at home, especially, are able to see a lot more than players are able to see as they're playing the game that the refs are able to see. That's why they have instant replay. And even then, they're human. People make mistakes every day. But sometimes we take something like football or soccer or whatever, we take a sport and we get ticked off because a call didn't go our way or they missed something or how stupid is that? I understand it can be a major difference. It can make a huge difference. I understand that. There's a reason why coaches in the NFL are now able to challenge pass interference or lack of pass interference calls because there was a missed pass interference. I think it was missed pass interference call, or it was called and it shouldn't have been called during the playoffs. I think last year, last season, and that made a huge playoffs or final during the Super Bowl. I don't remember. It wasn't my team, so sometimes those details don't stick as well if it's not my team. But I know what happened, and I know it played a major role, and it could have been a game changer. I get that these mistakes can have a huge impact. However, you don't need to find the ref and hurt them, which I know has happened in soccer matches around the world, that there have been refs that have had to have police escorts after matches because of the way that the matches went. 
you know, you don't have to take it out on others. You don't have to escalate the frustration and stomp on a player's head or rip off a helmet and slam it into another player's head. That was NFL a couple weeks ago. Like, emotions get high during games. I get it. But there's a line. (laughs) And when it comes to rivalries especially, I feel like a lot of people kind of say, "Mm, the line can go away for right now because this is the rivalry match. Guys, it's still a game. We're still human, you know, it, it does it's not magically gonna be a perfect game, perfect calls, perfect passes, you know, it, it's never gonna be perfect. And I feel like there's over in general, I feel like there's a sense of this is different because it's a rivalry game. The normal rules don't apply because it's a rivalry game. I get the spirit of it because it is a different game being a rivalry game. But at the same time, sometimes you just got to chill out. And this is my opinion on during and after the game, after the whistle blows, whether it's the starting whistle or the ending whistle. Rivalries are big games because of the inherent nature of a rival. But it doesn't give you the excuse to be a jerk. It doesn't give you the excuse to whine and pout and stop your feet like a little baby because you didn't get your way. At the end of the day, the true nature of any game is sportsmanship. And, you know, performance, of course. You know, of course it's about the game. But you're playing with other people. And there needs to be a level of respect and I don't want to say unity because (laughs) unity and rivalry, kind of an oxymoron there, not going to happen. But I feel like no matter who the opponent is, no matter how bad the game may have been for you, for the calls, whatever, At the end of the game, you still should be able to walk across the field, shake hands with your opponent, and say, good game, well played, and walk away. But yet, we're filled with a culture of the end of games, we're throwing punches. Not even at the end of the games, at the beginning of the games. We're throwing punches. We're hurling insults across the field. Again, it's part of the culture to an extent, but like, it gets violent, especially when it comes to rivalry games. And I don't see rivalry as an excuse to to act like that. At the end of the day, it's all about appreciating what someone else can do, knowing you did your best, and if you didn't do your best, owning up to it. But don't take your mistakes out on someone else. Don't take your frustrations out on someone else. I mean, this is something that can be applied, you know, to anything in life, of course, but we're talking rivalry games and after the whistle blows and I'm reading through these descriptions and I'm seeing something like a player stomped on somebody else's head. And what the heck is this world coming to that we're stomping on people's heads that we're ripping off someone's helmet and slamming it down onto someone's head. Those helmets are designed to withstand several hundred tons of force 
to protect against concussions. And you're using that as a weapon. Like, that's a major thing, you know? And I just, sometimes it just blows me away. And, and seeing, I swear, with every new game that started and ended today, there was at the very least one, if not two, three, four articles, news things, video clips popping up, talking about players getting into it on the field, coaches mouthing off at each other after the game, coaches complaining about the calling, the refs, the, the league. I feel I might be wrong. This is my perception. But it feels like this week, the normal level of complaints has blown up tenfold, at least. And the difference is the rivalries. The difference is these games are considered a higher level of game than others, no matter your ranking, going into or leaving the game, no matter, you know, what what the critics say, how the game's supposed to go. These games are held to a different standard because it's a rivalry game. And that tag of rival makes it different in everybody's mind, even, even for me. I mean... You hear me? The game. Like, it's huge. And I'm super passionate about it. And I'm super bummed that Michigan won. Or, <laughs> ah, oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so bad. Oh, I'm super bummed that Michigan lost. Lost simultaneously, not exactly being completely surprised. But I'm not going to go out and find the closest Ohio State fan and be like, you're a jerk. Or throw a punch or cause some damage because they beat me. Hey, whatever. My team lost. Okay. <laughs> and I understand as a fan it's a little different because I didn't perform in the game. And I'm not affected by the end result as much as a player is. Especially the seniors, you know. Every year they're saying this year is the year. We're going to finally beat Ohio State. Excuse me, guys. You know, and it becomes a really big deal. And I get it. It's the game. (laughs) But sometimes I feel like the aftermath is way more extreme because it's a rivalry game. And, oh, I had another thought. I hate when this happens to me. When it's all said and done, it's just a game. Sort of. I know some of these guys go on and do it professionally or are professionals if we're talking the NFL or whatever. But especially us as fans... It's just a game. And at the end of the day, is that really what's the most important? Like, okay, having the bragging rights would be cool. Being able to say we finally beat Ohio State after seven years, eight years now. Yeah, would be awesome. But we lost. So what? Let's just move on. You know, like... I just don't see the benefit of all the negativity. 
And honestly, that it feels like that's what ESPN is filled with right now. It's just filled with a bunch of negativity. Oh, with a spattering of articles of some spectacular performances today. You know, is it really worth it? Hyping it up so much and causing so much discord? At the base of it, I can understand and I can appreciate what a rivalry brings. And the bragging rights and that kind of stuff, That's that, that can be fun. Like, okay, here's an example. Today, at the same time as the kickoff of the Michigan game, was the beginning of the Euro 2020 ceremony for the draw for the groups. The group draw ceremony. They had, like, this whole thing. And, like, they literally, they had, like, performances. They had speakers. They had, like, the guy that designed the theme music for 2020. He came there, and they gave a blip about him, and he gave a peek at what the song is going to be like. Like, he didn't play it. He just, like, talked about it and stuff. You know, and it was this whole big song and dance thing. For the, a bunch of guys to pull little balls out of bowls and open them up and, you know, figure out what team is going to go and which part of the table. But anyway, so I watched that on my phone at the same time as the Michigan game was going on. Um, and there are A through F, six groups. Yes, I'm, I actually had to count that. I'm sorry. This is, I'm tired. There are six groups. There's four teams in each group. They had um, they had eight bulls, eight guys standing next to bulls, and I'm pretty sure all of the guys. I missed the introductions because I didn't have it on the whole time. They, I'm pretty sure all the play, all the guys mixing up the balls in the bowl are former players because one of them was uh, Philip Lahm, who was Germany's um, captain for a long time and one of my favorite players. He's since retired. Um, but I was really excited to see him. But so they, they draw the names and they divide them up into the groups. There's some stipulations like you can't have certain host countries can't be in the group together. I don't know. The Euros this year are going to be, or I guess next year, 2020, are going to be a little funky because it's, what is it, the 80th anniversary? Something like that. It's some big number, some anniversary number, and they're 50th maybe. I, again, I need to stop guessing. It's some big number anniversary, and they're doing it special where they're having multiple host countries instead of one host country. And because of that, it's making it really complicated for like who's going in what group because they don't want to overlap host countries or maybe no more than two. I don't know. It was weird because they kept saying this guy, these, this team can't be in this, you know, we're going in alphabetical order, but Oh wait, that team can't be in group a because this, and it's like, I don't understand it, but whatever. Long story short, because I did not mean to ramble this long about it. Long story short, Oh my goodness, excuse me. Germany got put in Group F with Poland. No, not Poland. Eh, I was relieved we didn't get Poland. Um, but Germany got put in group, group F with France and some something weird. I can't even, I'm not even going to go into it right now. And the fourth team in our group is Portugal. 
Now, not only Portugal did win. What? My words, guys. I just, I can't. <sighs> Reset. Not only did Portugal win, I'm pretty sure, the last Euro tournament. Portugal is also the team that my mom follows when the U.S. isn't involved. Because my mom has been a Ronaldo fan for a while. Ronaldo haters, I don't need to hear it. Um, it's not me. It's my mom. <laughs> and so we've always had, between the Euro and the World Cup, Portugal and Germany are almost always there. Almost always meet up at some point in the tournament, whether it's in group stage or in the brackets. At some point we meet up. It happens. It's frustrating. Um, sorry, I got an ESPN alert. Finally, it wasn't bad news. <laughs> so my whole point is the friendly rivalry, the, the bragging rights, and this is how it's supposed to be. Like my mom and I will tease each other. And, you know, back when I lived in Michigan, we would go, I would go over or she would come over and we would watch the games together and we would rib each other about players and how the game was going and, and results like yeah, okay, Germany and Portugal aren't rivals to per se, but Germany's my team, Portugal's my mom's team. It becomes a friendly rivalry between between my mom and I. And that's just kind of how life is, you know? But it, it becomes fun. We have fun with it. And it's the same thing with, like, NFL. If the Seahawks were to play the Patriots, shut up, Patriots haters. I don't want to hear it. My mom's team. Stop it. <laughs> if the Patriots play the Seahawks, my mom and I will be texting or calling or whatever and teasing each other about how the game goes and about the end result because that's just how it goes. That's just how we are. And it's a friendly rivalry and we get bragging rights and we get to tease, but it's all done out of love and it's all done out of fun. And these harsh and negative and mean articles are like, You've taken the spirit of rivalry and turned it into, like, I just have a flash of, like, the battles of old. <laughs> like, when two kingdoms were rivals and they went out and fought wars just because they don't like each other or something, you know? Like, the, um, Romeo and Juliet, their families feuding. Like, they couldn't even be together because their families feuded, you Sort of a rivalry, kind of, but it was literally like it killed people. And just, I know we're not killing people over this right now during football, but we have players throwing punches and hits and stomping and yelling. And where's the fun? You know, like, because at the end of the day, the game is over, you walk away, you're done. One team has the bragging rights, and if you're not a jerk about it, it can just roll off your back, you know, to the team that lost. And if I were to walk into a store and run into an Ohio State fan, and I know that's weird because I live in Washington and the odds of that are extremely slim, but it happened just a week ago. I walked in wearing my Michigan sweatshirt and I had a worker tease me about saying I'm not allowed in the store because... I'm wearing the sweatshirt, and I was like, what are you talking about? And she goes, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm from Ohio. So the odds are super slim, but it happened. 
So if I were to walk into a store and find an Ohio State fan, I would say, hey, did you watch the game? Great job. End of story. Of course, I wasn't in the game. I wasn't playing, so my feelings aren't quite hurt at the same level. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm rambling, and I keep repeating myself. I'm just, there's so much potential in what a rivalry could be, but there's so much negativity tied around the definition and the feeling of rivals. And those of us that can take a rivalry game and turn it into fun, sort of, or friendly banter, it makes the whole thing so much more of a better experience. Versus now you have players that are going to be suspended and coaches that are looked at with scorn because of the way that they handled themselves before, during, after the rivalry game. And I feel like, yes, it happens sometimes on a normal week, but I feel like the tag of rival has taken it from it's slightly different of a game, let's have fun with it, these are our rivals, let's see what we got to, I hate them, I want to fight them, I can't believe I lost, I'm going to pound them next year, violent and angry and filled with just overwhelming negativity, and who wants that, there's enough bad stuff going on in the world right now, why are we taking games that are supposed to be fun and turning it into more negative. I don't know, guys. I, I, you know, this is my podcast, so I'm not going to apologize for rambling. That's kind of the point of this. I hope you understand what I was trying to say. I hope you agree with me, whether you do or not. Eh. I hope you at least can see my point of view. Not going to make much of a difference in the long run, but figured I'd share my thoughts because... I did it before the game conversation about rivals. Wanted to do a post. Part of me is a little glad I did because I was able to see those articles. Part of me is kind of hurting because, not hurting, but like upset because that's what this has come to. And it's a little disappointing. But for me, I'm going to focus on how rivals rivalry games feel for me and I'm going to appreciate the fact that I had three great rivalry games this weekend two of my three rivalry games won they were well played in all of them and I appreciate watching a good game of football thanks for joining me on today's little wonder I look forward to our next adventure and I promise I will try to make it more upbeat than this or my one yesterday where Yeah, running through molasses. That doesn't sound very positive.